What's up, everybody, and welcome back, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. We're back with another Q&A episode. The last one was pretty well received, um, which I'm happy to know. I quite like, I quite like Q&A podcasts myself when I listen to them because there's just like a lot of information quickly and a lot of different topics as well, which is quite cool. Um, and obviously, like being someone who's in, in a few different topics, you know, bodybuilding, health, lifestyle, and then all these other things that I talk about. There's a lot of good topics to talk about, so um, I'm gonna just going to jump straight into it. Um, these are questions I put on my Instagram. By the way, my YouTube got banned, actually. Let's do an update. My YouTube got banned for a video that I put up about steroids. It was like uh, my steroid transformation. I did not glorify. I educated. I showed the before and after. I showed blood work. I showed all the dangers, and it got banned, and there are people on there on YouTube, in the UK, UK YouTube, YouTubers with 400, 500,000 followers talking about what they're taking, showing all the needles and not getting banned. And it's so frustrating to see that the little channel just gets stood on um, and the big channel just flies away into the sunset. But you know what? It is what it is. We just make do with it um, and we just carry on doing what we're doing. So let's jump into the Q&A. The first question is a big question. What has been the hardest mental thing in the last few weeks of prep and on prep in general? So this is a good question. I don't actually think the last weeks differ any more than the first weeks or any other of the weeks because it's just it's just a routine. You just get it done. Yes, it's hard, but like there's a point where hard is just numb and you just go and you just get it done. Um, I think the hardest thing for me mentally this time was was knowing what I was doing to my girlfriend or knowing why I'm doing it to my girlfriend. And she's probably not going to want to hear this, but um, like it's a very, very solitary sport and it's easier that way. And, and it is actually easier that way because you don't need to worry about other people's feelings and and, and eating around people and moving around your schedule because you just do it on your own and, and you just do it. Um, but when you've got someone else to consider, when you've got someone else's feelings to consider, when it's someone else that you love um, and you're in a relationship with and you're in a partnership with, you know, being able to give them what you gave them before you were doing a prep, it, it's, it's probably not possible and it, and, it, and it isn't possible. And it's up to you to, to communicate that. And it was up to me to communicate that. I've not done very well at that, but I've, I've, we've been better. Like I've been better at, at, at communicating that, but the hard part is just knowing that whether you like it or not, because because you know she supports the dream, because I know she supports the dream, because I know that I I want my dream and I need and I would support her if she was doing the same thing or something, you know, or you know if she was sacrificing some part of our relationship for the, for the long term plan. I would agree with it as well, which is why it's hard because you love them, but you know you've just got to get on with it and you know you've just got to get your head down and not make a fuss about it. It is, and that's the hardest part about it, um, is that you both just mutually know that it's just a temporary, like, oh, you know, like we can't go out and experience things. And, and we came from this place of being in a high, high off season. We went to Prague, we went to Dubai, you know, we, we had no restriction. We could go out at the weekends, we could go for walks. I didn't have to worry about not going over my steps because I'd be too tired. I didn't have to worry about being too far away from getting food, I didn't have to be too far away from getting caffeine. Um, and, and now it's like flipped on its head to just no, like from no restriction to full restriction. Um, and then full mood change, sex, like sex life is just gone. We don't have sex. We haven't had sex. In, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this. We haven't had sex in like six, seven weeks. 
um, because I just don't have the sex drive. You know, she of course she does. You know, and, and you can imagine the physical contact that 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 sex brings is such a big chemical release. It's such a big relationship builder and you can imagine the effect it has on a relationship and we've talked about that and we've made that clear um and we know we know what we need to do um post competition but for right now like it's just a position of okay we've got a dream let's go um she supports that and it, and, it, and it's honestly like when you find someone who supports your dream like that you know that you've just you've you've got your rock for life there you know and that, and that's one of those things for me um it is hard of course it's hard it's hard for her it's hard for me but when you've got someone like that and she's got someone like that in me, you support the dream. You just make, you make do. So you you just, you just keep going. You know, it's one more rep. That's what it is. You know, you might've heard me talk about this before. It's one more rep. Like you just keep moving and that's all we can do. Um, so yeah, that's probably been the hardest thing. Um, there's no difference between like the start. Like it's just hard. <laughs> it's just hard. Um, you just keep going. Best support for being on cycle. So this guy was asking about specifically like clan and anavar and stuff, but like I'll just go into the best things that you can do if you are on cycle to support your health in a maximal way. Obviously, to a certain extent, you, you're going to get side effects regardless. We're just going to mitigate them as much as we can. Um, so we have to consider that steroids are going to have an effect on our cholesterol. They do inhibit an enzyme which breaks up um, fatty acids in our vasculature um, and also minimizes HDL. I think uh, it promotes the it messes up an enzyme that promotes the 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 HDL health or the the HDL to LDL ratio. I can't remember exactly what the enzyme is, so don't don't quote me there. But I'm sure a little googling you could find it. So any any anabolic testosterone will do that. So you'll you'll see that if you just take low dose testosterone, even your your cholesterol will come down regardless. Um, so things to support cholesterol be like citrus bergamot. Um, vitamin D, probably some krill oil would be great. Krill oil would be my first choice over any omega just because it's it, it's the most bioavailable. It is a bit more expensive, but it's the most bang for your buck. Um, I would look into things like support max from Strom Sports or heart and liver stack um, and kidney and blood pressure stack from supplement needs. All of these are available at insidesupplements.com. Josh Denver discount. Um, and you're probably going to have most of your bases covered. The rest of it is just going to be nutrition. Make sure you're eating right. Make sure you're controlling your your electrolytes. Make sure you're not eating shit food, because that stuff will combine. That stuff combined with drugs will will kill you faster. So the supplements only work to a certain extent, but you've got to have everything else in life so sorted. You know, that includes sleep. That includes everything else like that. So just make sure that you are on top of everything before you implement these supplements. This next question is a very, very big question from Mr. AJ Morris. What life events when you were younger led to your current mindset? Now, it, I don't, I'm glad he said events. It's never one event. It's, it was always a combination of events. And I think... I could I could I could pick a few things that I've gathered motivation from and, and gathered where I want to be and where I want to do. Um, first and foremost, I'm just going to say it real. Uh, this is how it is. Sorry if you're listening. Um, hopefully, I don't think you will be. But my dad made a lot of mistakes when I was younger. Um, cheating on my mum, spending a lot of money, drug habits, things like that, and 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 it, and it really had a big impact on me. I didn't hate him for it, I never, never resented him for it. I don't know whether that was a, a good or a bad thing. I always just thought, he's my, he's my dad, I love him. 
Um, but I saw what I didn't ever, ever want to do. So like, I, you would never see me cheat on, on, on someone because I saw what it did to my mum and I saw the repercussions and I see the repercussions 15 years later down the line of what it, what it did. You know, when I'm 64, she, she's never going to be with someone like, you know, she really wants to be with someone who, who loves her. And, and that shit is fucking difficult at 64 years old. That's really, really fucking hard at 64 years old. Um, and, and she's never going to have that now, not necessarily because of him, but I've seen, I've seen what's happened because of him. So I got a lot of my, my morals from seeing what not to do. Um, I got a lot of my, my money habits now from seeing what not to do. Um, and I got a lot of what I didn't want to be from that. And, and that's, probably horrible to say he's not like that now he's completely changed now like this was like 15 years ago i'm 26 years old so this is like between 10 and between like 8 and 13 14 maybe when they break up like that the whole period like was just a bit weird um and then i think the next thing i could take would be my university experience uh completely alone like i've never had siblings and then just seeing these 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 amazing people from some so many different lives and, and so many successful people um and and they were so motivating to be around and they were so like to me they were genius and they were just thinking of amazing ideas and, and I loved that and, and and I got a lot of like creativity and not wanting to be in that business world and that that like nine to five world from those guys um and I and I, and I really had like bad anxiety through through I don't know why I'm laughing there I really had bad anxiety through university and and, and I hated going to the classes and I hated a lot about the actual university aspect, but I love those guys and, 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 and those guys changed my life for the, for the better. Um, and that huge lost period of like three, literally three and a half, four years, I didn't do anything. I didn't know what to do. All I did was get a student loan, smoke weed and watch YouTube. I didn't even do YouTube. I didn't do anything. And I was in such a lost period of my life for so long. I think that that just gave me that feeling of like I never want to feel like that again. I just want to work and I want to I want to buy holidays for my parents and 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 set myself up for the future and and, and be able to help as many people as I can go through the same process. You know, mentally, physically, spiritually, um, because a big part of what I did was physical. Obviously, doing the bodybuilding. And I think I took so much from that 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 dark period um, of just mo like and <laughs> motivation. To me, was, a lot of it was from the YouTubers that I was watching. You know, like Guzman and, and Gary Vee at the time. And I was watching those guys, and they they really amped me up, and it, and it really really had an impact on me. So, social media is another thing that had a big big impact on me. Um, I also this is going to be maybe shallow of me, but having a taste of the high life. So my dad lives in Dubai. He's been there for 10 years. So when I first went over there like eight years ago and he's getting paid triple his his normal wage, but tax-free, we lived the we lived a crazy life. Like I'd go there for a week and, and he would spend 10 grand in a week, you know, and we'd go to the Burj Al Arab and we'd do this and we'd rent Ferraris and we'd go to the most expensive places. And it was crazy, you know, and, and, and actually getting a taste of that high life made me not necessarily want that high life, high life, but be able to give other people that experience because it was it was amazing, and you can imagine a little kid experiencing it. Like I didn't obviously didn't have much of a concept of the money. Like I didn't think, oh my god, that's a thousand pounds. I just thought, oh my god, this is the most amazing experience of my life. I'm in the seven star hotel. I'm eating the most amazing food there is, and I'm overlooking you know, the, the Arabian Sea and I can see dolphins, you know, that's what I was thinking. And to be able to give someone that experience, like my dad gave to me, uh, I think would just be 
fucking amazing, you know, and I've done that. I've, I've started to do that. I, I bought my bought my girlfriend a, a, a trip to Paris, everything bought, you know, we'll go, no, Paris, trip to Rome, um, everything bought. Um, and, and it was, it's, 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 it's an emotional feeling. And, I, and, I, and the same thing for my mum. I just bought her, bought her tickets to, these are expensive tickets, by the way, to um, The Lion King in Bristol, you know, an amazing experience. And I've also bought us flights to Iceland, you know, like, and I've never been able to do these things. And, and being able to do them was a part of the monetary aspect of what I wanted, you know. Yeah, I want money, but so I can do this for people, you know, and, and invest in myself and obviously growing that way. So there's there's so many life events that have led me to this motivation, and and now the motivation is just I do what I love, and and the event is now it's happening it's every day it's every check in it's every client it's every view it's every comment from people that I'm impacting that is now the event that's happening that's feeding my mindset if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, that that was quite a big question. Thank you AJ for asking that. Um, low carb low carb diets. What are my thoughts on? Depends on your goal. Really, really depends on your goal. Um, if you want to lower inflammation, if you've maybe got an autoimmune disease, you could probably go for a low-carb diet. If you want to build muscle, probably wouldn't go towards a low-carb diet. We know carbohydrates are going to help your training performance. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, someone asked, you talk about, <laughs> this is the way I read this, you talk about hypertrophy a lot, but what is it? <laughs> hypertrophy is building muscle. Bruh. <laughs> and that's it. Um, eating the same things, will that benefit my digestion or, in, or or hurt it? So a lot of this will depend on your digestion at the moment. Um, eating the same thing will be fine. If you, if you digest it fine, you it will be fine as long as it's got a little bit of variety in there and it's not for too long. For example, a lot of bodybuilders may develop like egg white intolerance or like even things like rice intolerance because they have so much of it on a prep over like six months, you know, every single day, multiple times a day for that. And sometimes some of these particles of food can pass through the, the gastric lining through maybe permeability that, that, that occurs. Once they start to pass through the gastric lining, the body will release antibodies, which will then identify these molecules as yeah, like invader cells, things that are coming to kill us, and they will start attaching to them, and they will start uh, trying to kill them, and they will they will start you know trying to get rid of them, and you'll get inflamed and you'll act like an infection. So every time you eat that food, you will then get that same response. That's how these 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 things develop over time by continually consuming them. So that can happen. However, I think it does take a lot to happen because I've been eating the same foods now for five months straight. I think it's been five months, and, and I'm I don't have any anything wrong I'm, I'm absolutely fine so um but if you've got poor digestion and you're not eating things that are regular that could be a good idea to actually start eating regularly the same foods and that way when you start to change one food at a time you can identify what is changing your digestion you know for example if you know that you eat four meals a day a <laughs> i don't know let's say toast eggs and toast i'm gonna make this up toast toast and eggs rice and chicken beef and potato oats and whey and you know that all of those you feel fine until meal number four and you feel really really bloated okay cool let's change the way just change the way for a vegan way you're fine okay that's okay change the back to the way okay let's change the oats to ground rice 
no bloating, okay, that's the problem. You know, one thing at a time, and it, as long as you've got these things controlled and you know what you're eating, that's fine. The same thing with vegetables, like rotate them um, and just find which ones work. Your goal shouldn't be to eat the same things every day. Your goal should be to eat as many different things as you can digest and assimilate properly without any digestive stress or inflammation um, as often as possible, different colors, different textures, different, you might've heard me say this so many times before, because it, every different color, every different texture contains more phytonutrients, represents different phytonutrients and micronutrients that you need to absorb and are really, really good to absorb, but some just don't digest as well and you've just got to identify which ones are which. Um, and that will take a little bit of time, but you can do that over a lifetime. The next question is about fast reps, slow reps, or normal reps. Um, well, I guess you've got to kind of define those. I guess fast rep would be like, let's define it in terms of a tempo. Fast reps, 1-1. One, one, normal reps, 1-2. Slow reps, 1-3, for example. One second being up and down. I think the first thing that we need to do is to understand um, the action, the muscle action. So there's three main phases. There's three phases that a muscle action can do. The concentric the isometric and the eccentric. The concentric being when the muscle shortens. And that's what happens when you get interrupted by the postman. <laughs> so the concentric is where the muscle shortens. The eccentric is where the muscle lengthens. And the isometric is when it's just in a in a, in a contracted position. It doesn't lengthen or shorten or anything. It just stays in a, in a contracted position now. When we break them down, concentric, the force production is the lowest here, but the energy expenditure is its highest here um, and actually has the lowest muscle damage even when it's in its lengthened range um, and it's going to positively impact glucose tolerance which just means that it's going to generate some more some more drive for glucose demand but here you can see like if if the force production is low and the energy expenditure is high it doesn't make sense for us to spend a lot of time there because if we're going to expend a lot of energy with not a lot of force production it doesn't it doesn't translate to a long successful session but if we look at the, the eccentric, where the force production is much higher and the energy expenditure is lower, and you actually cause the most muscle damage in the eccentric phase, so where we elongate the muscle, remember, um, we know that, that this is going to cause more benefits to spend more time there. So we might as well spend two, three, four seconds in that area. So let's take a, um, let's take a bicep curl, for example. As you curl it up, we call that the concentric. You'd want to curl that up pretty quickly because, because the force production is low and the energy expenditure is high. Spend less time there. Squeeze up, squeeze, done. Come down, nice and controlled. One, two, three, because we know the energy expenditure to do that is low, but we create more muscle damage. And then we repeat. So that, that makes sense to spend the majority of your workout in that phase of controlling the eccentric to cause the most muscle damage. However, once muscle damage is completely done, then you could work into some quicker eccentrics um, just to get some blood flow in there because we know that actually concentrically, while the, the energy expenditure is high, it can, it can push a lot more blood in there. Um, so we need to consider that. Um, and we need to make sure um, that, you, that you understand that it's not necessarily about short, fast or, or, or medium reps. It's about spending time in different phases of the rep. Um, for example, if you wanted to just cause as much energy expenditure um, and, 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 and not as much force production, you would just spend loads of time in, in the concentric. But if you wanted to just absolutely destroy yourself without having to, to tax yourself neurally like you would do in the concentric, 
Um, for example, like you could do deficit deadlifts rather than normal deadlifts. You'll get more deficit deadlifts done than you would do in, the, in a normal deadlift session because the tax on the concentric is going to be much higher than it would be on the eccentric. So you've got to think about it like that rather than like fast reps, slow reps. So I hope that makes sense. Um, also, slower eccentrics, they permit greater control. Um, they also improve the concentric, which increases mechanical tension. Less mechanical energy will be stored in passive structures like tendons and ligaments if you're controlling yourself. Whereas if you're bouncing it, you can imagine a lot of that. Sorry, excuse me, I'm going to cough. <coughs> We like to keep it raw here. Um, but as you can imagine, if you were to bounce it or to speed that eccentric up, a lot of force production could come from passive tissues like in your tendons and your ligaments to help you drive that weight up um, and get even more out of it. But we don't want that. We want to load the muscle. We don't want to load the passive tissue and the tendons. So we've got to consider that. We've got to make sure that we don't um, cross over into that at all. So I hope that makes sense. Um, how do I get better deep sleep? Um, my REM sleep seems to be fine, but I can't get into a deeper sleep. So deep sleep um, can be measured pretty easy on obviously like ECGs and things like that monitor everything. And what they notice about deep sleep, we can then take into our own practice. So deep sleep, there are some things that happen. Body temperature cools. It, it actually go, comes down a half a degree or so. Um, heart rate slows. So it actually comes down a little bit below normal baseline. Um, breathing rate also slows. So we know that if we can put ourselves in an environment that is going to help facilitate those, we're going to be in a position where we can help facilitate better sleep. So first of all, hot temperatures, uh, sorry, hot showers before bed, Thermo thermodynamics come out nice and hot. If the area is cool, you're going to cool down quicker. That's going to help you get into a deeper sleep. Um, don't take any stimulants. Don't take anything that's going to raise your heart rate before bed or, or even six hours before bed. I would have a caffeine cap at like one, maybe midday personally, um, depending on when you sleep. Um, and then just make sure you're putting yourself into a nice calm state. I personally would meditate before bed to slow that breathing rate. If you can get down to about eight, eight breaths per minute, that'd be a very, very good spot to be in terms of breaths. Um, and these things are just going to help get you into a deeper sleep. There are a few supplements that you can use. CBD will help you get into a deeper sleep um, or can help you get into a deeper sleep. Um, things like 5-HDP can help you stay asleep with the, with the serotonin release that it can ha happen. Um, Restore by Insight Supplements, Josh 10 for discount. Um, they have a great um, product that has lemon balm in it that can help you calm down and get into a deeper sleep. But again, all of these will be dictated by lifestyle factors. If you're still highly stressed, loads of shit on your mind, going for a breakup, upset, anything to do with your lifestyle factors that's not all right can also affect your sleep. Digestion, you've got, you're ill, any of these things can affect your sleep. So don't just think that those things that I've given you are solutions. They're just possible ways that you can optimize things if everything else is in way is is in place. Sorry. So make sure you've got everything in place. Make sure you are ticking those boxes before you, you you put the cherries on top, and then you can earn to put earn yourself to put those cherries on top. Um, if you get a client that wants to take steroids, what do I do? So I actually have a few clients that take steroids. Um, all of them will make their own decisions. I will give them very, very basic guidelines and anything that is just far too out of my depth or even beyond the most basic questions, I will get them to consult with someone. Um, they will consult with them off their own back. They will do their own blood work. They will interpret their own blood work. If there's anything skew if that we don't understand together, they will go get consults. 
and they'll talk to other people. I do not coach steroids. I take them. I am not in the position to offer people advice just because I take them. That's not how it works. Just because I've got results doesn't mean that I can just stick someone on the same thing and get results. I don't, you know, I don't know why why we should give someone certain amounts. I don't know why we should match this drug with that drug. I don't know how to balance estrogen off this and that. Like I've I've got so much more to learn, which I am learning and I am in the process of learning all day, every day, by the way. Um, so I am offering more and more advice as we go, but I've got to know my lane and my lane has always been natural bodybuilding um, until I, I, I have the ammunition to cross over into the 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 steroid lane I, i'm gonna stay away from it because it's not my place um, um and, I, and i think i think that's the smart move because it's people's lives it's people's health and well-being it's people's endocrine system that will fuck them up for life they may be having a bodybuilding phase where they think oh i really want to you know josh has really inspired me i want to do it i want to go with him i want to be coached by him cool josh can you do it if i was then to go yeah here you go here we go yeah and then they fall out of love with it the next year they've just taken steroids for six months and they fuck themselves up for a year you know how do i feel that's fucked up like i have to think about that and i have to think about that long term yes a lot of people don't do that and that's the fucked up part of this world um but i do and i, and I, and I don't want to do that yet so that's the way it is um will i post sunday's results uh so yeah youtube has been banned i'm still going to film the day like i'll still put the show day video up it'll just be what day is it today? Wednesday. It'll just be Wednesday next week, um, which is not too bad, to be honest. And then um, I'm sure people are going to post about it anyway, um, wherever I play. I'm sure that someone's going to film me in the crowd or whatever. Um, I'm sure, I think there's a few people coming. So, yeah, I'll probably post about it um, on my Instagram. So don't worry about it. Um, next question. How to combat looking flat on prep? So you actually need to get flat on prep to a certain extent. You actually have to get flat because you have to deplete glycogen, you have to pull down food, and you have to run flat in order to burn body fat. If you constantly have glycogen stores, you, can't, you constantly have energy. You, you don't create an energy demand and you don't create a deficit, so you actually have to run flat. But looking flat can just be, a f can be changed by eating more food for a couple of days and you're sorted. You know, but you've got you've to make that decision based off where your goal date is, how much you've got left to lose, are you ahead of schedule, are you still fat? You know, like if you're like if you're still fat, you've still by fat I mean like you still have body fat and you're competing. You shouldn't really need to refeed um, unless you're on schedule, ahead of schedule, you want to trial a peak week plan or like a load. You've got no reason to refeed. You actually don't. It's just an influx of calories for no reason. There's like it's not going to help you maintain muscle. One day of higher food is not going to help you maintain muscle. What's going to help you maintain muscle is regular protein feedings and training your bollocks off and retaining muscle and and, and uh, retaining lifts and pushing lifts up where you can. Not one day of four thousand calories in a cheat meal. That's not going to have any effect on muscle gain uh, or on muscle retention. So that one day of refeed that people think is going to be metabolically boosting is just a complete myth um, and I wouldn't have a refeed um, until you need it um, or you just need to top up on energy and you need to balance things and you know that this amount of food is going to not upset your energy demand it's going to increase it so there's a lot of variables to consider rather than just be like how do you combat looking flat eat more carbs because I don't know how many I don't know how long you'd eat I don't know how many days you'd eat over etc etc rest day training day how deep into prep are you there's so many questions um we just got to see how it goes from there next question can you build a good physique while doing a sport 
yes, you can build a good physique while doing another sport. Look at Cristiano Ronaldo, great physique. Can you build the best physique while doing another sport? In my opinion, no. That's like saying, can you be the best footballer while playing rugby? I don't think you can do both. Maybe someone can out there. I'm sure there is someone out there that can. But I don't, unless it's like a real easy crossover between sports, I don't think it's optimal to pick two things. I think you should just do one, um, except if you're doing like triathlon or a biathlon. I don't think you can become the best at something by balancing other things um, along the way at all. And as we move on to the final few questions, um, the next question is going to be, when will you drop Clen before your show? So Clen, Clenbuterol is a fat burner. Um, it depletes sodium, potassium and taurine. So it is something that you need to consider. Um, it also raises your heart rate, can give you a little bit of the jitters. Um, you might actually hear it in my voice. I'm a little bit jittery. I can hear it. Um, I will probably drop it if I'm competing Sunday. I'll probably drop it on Friday. Um, it has a half-life of 36 hours, so it'll be out by the show day, so I should be nice and calm. And like you, When you're on a show day, you want your heart rate to be low. You want to be nice and uh, parasympathetic. That will just cause water retention to be low and, and, and nutrients to be absorbed where you want them to be. You don't want to be in a state where... Um, your 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 heart rate is elevated and everything is elevated the whole time you want to be calm you want to be relaxed and you want to be in that position um where you can just absorb nutrients on a nutshell rather than just i can have to like try and pump up loads because you're in a position where your heart rate's so high you're so nervous and you're shaking you're just like constantly pumping up and nothing's happening it's because you're just so sympathetic what have I got planned for my PCT? So I'm actually not going to PCT post-psychotherapy. I'm going to cruise. I'll come straight down into a cruise. I'll then get all my health markers back into place. I will then decide whether to PCT or not. I think quite often people come off cycle and win a position where their cholesterol shit, um, their liver markers are up, their kidney markers are up, and everything is just a bit shit because they've been on prep. And then they take away all their testosterone and their ability to recover um, and they just get even worse. And then they got to start putting in PCT drugs and it gets even worse. I'd much rather go back on a nice healthy dose of testosterone to put myself in a physiological range, get everything else in order, and then decide afterwards to go into a PCT or just stay on a cruise and then, then I can go back up um, into, um, into a bulk after that. I think that makes more sense to me from a health standpoint. Final two questions. Um, what's your podcast setup and how and where do you edit your podcast? So my podcast setup is, I'm sat on my front living room. Um, I have a Blue Yeti mic. I used to have the Snowball. The Snowball is about 50 or 60 pound, which is really, really good for people that want to that wanna get into podcasting. And it's a pretty good mic. This is the Blue Yeti. It's about 130 pound, I believe. It's a little bit better. Um, I'm on my MacBook Pro and I'm recording through GarageBand and it's literally plug in USB record. I pretty much do mine raw. Um, if I ever need to take a break or a rest, I'll just like click pause and then like maybe you'll hear like little snaps in, in the podcast and you'll see that um, you can hear that I've just like just started the recording again. But most of the time I literally free ball it and I don't edit any of it. Um, I think it's much more raw like that. It's much more like a conversation. If I do say stuff that I do regret and I think that I shouldn't be put, putting out there for like wrong information, for example, like sometimes I listen to myself back and like, you, you know, you could say one sentence two ways and it could be the complete opposite meaning. So sometimes I mix myself up, especially when you're talking free ball, especially when you're on caffeine and especially when you're on competition prep, you can say things that are completely wrong all the time. Like in my videos, I do it and people call me out and I just say, yeah, sorry, prep brain. Like I just get words mixed up in the wrong order 
Um, and it is frustrating. Uh, last question. Nice question. How to deal with hate towards a good physique and success in life? Laugh or retaliate? I think, I think pick your battles. Um, I think there's, I think there's actually some benefit in, in showing people the light and, and kicking back sometimes. So on YouTube, you know, if I get a comment that's like a bit ignorant, I'll try and, I'll try and give them a, a pretty, pretty well-rounded answer. Some of them will be like, oh yeah, amazing. Some of them just go, oh, fuck you, bro. And then they're the ones you just don't pick the battles with. The ones who are willing to talk to you about it, you talk to them about it. You might change their mind. They might change your mind. I think being open, not open to the hate, but just but just knowing that when someone's trying to troll you and trying to like fucking piss you off and rather actually someone trying to give you constructive criticism because I get people who are like, I'm like, fuck me, that is a deep comment, but they're actually just trying to be like helpful. You got to remember like you put yourself, like if it's obviously, and if it's not, if it's on social media, you put it out there. So people are going to comment on it. You know, it, it, you can't complain about people giving you hate when you put it on there. Like it's what social media is for. You can't put a comment and say, what do you think? And then when someone says, I don't like it, you can't like throw your toys out of the problem. That is part of it. And I think that's what you need to understand. So it's, it's always going to be there. Um, learn to learn to not give a fuck what people think, um, except for the people who can have a big impact on your life. The people who, who really care about you and the people who have your best interests at heart. Um, and, and, and those are the ones that you should really care about. And, and I think, I think just use it as fuel, use those haters as fuel. That's what I say. And um, that's pretty much it. I'm not going to go over any more questions. This is going to be a fair, a shorter one than normal. I believe I normally hit over a thousand on this little bar thing that I don't know how to read, but that was good. Thank you guys for tuning in. I love you. We are Wednesday, the 17th of July. It's my mum's birthday today. Happy birthday, mum. I love you. Um, I'm competing on the 21st. Fuck, four days out. Let's go, fam. Peace, love. Josh Bridge and Fitness on social media. Love you. Don't forget to rate.